BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Los Angeles, come and see me. I will be doing a live taping of the Having Fun Listeners podcast at the Hollywood Improv Lab on Tuesday, June 25th at 7.30 p.m. Come out. I will meet and greet with you after. It's going to be great. And then a big, big show at the Hollywood Improv main stage. I need to sell this out. July 26th. It's a Friday night. It's an 8 o'clock show. I never do a proper hour of stand-up in Los Angeles. It's material you haven't seen. I'll be selling and signing books after. I implore you. I beg you. Get tickets right now. JenKirkman.com. Go to my website right now. Right on that homepage. You can buy tickets. And don't forget, if you buy tickets to see me in Minneapolis or Nashville or Birmingham or Athens, Georgia in August, if you buy tickets in advance and send proof of purchase to iseemfun at gmail.com, you will get a free download card album at the show. So again, Minneapolis, Athens, Birmingham, Nashville in August. They are all on sale right now. JenKirkman.com right on the homepage of my website. 9-11, I'm in New York and Boston, September 13th. Please get tickets in advance. Let's sell this shit out. Have a good episode. I mean, enjoy the episode. Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, episode 289. Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. I'm back in the studio. We are just uh, playing with the microphones because I know there's been some complaints about my human sounds. I'm swallowing. My God, I'm swallowing. What am I thinking, swallowing? And I'm drinking coffee, and I'm breathing, and I'm just all mouthy. So hopefully today I won't sound so human. Oh, I forgot to say... um, Oh, we can record the intro later. I was going to tell you all the cities, but I just did. So, okay, don't even listen to me. This week on the podcast, this is a real mishmash. I have been sick for 10 days. I am better, and I, my, I'm just going to tell you what the old brain was doing when I was on the couch. But in this week's episode, we're going to talk about Nazis, the movie The Wedding Date from 2005 with Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney, uh, Bill Maher saying ridiculous things and people telling me I should be in a show and no one is understanding that I can't be. And I just got lipstick on my shirt and it really, really 
brings me down and makes me feel like I'm not a real woman. Are our parents thinking, who the hell is this person? Because I sent my parents some weird emails when I was sick. And uh, another email in the uh, famous collection of things men say to women that they wouldn't say to men. And I think that's it. I think that's it. You know me. Something will spontaneous will come up. But that is this week's Having Fun Listeners. So... I'm sick on my couch for 10 days. I can't believe every episode has been like, so I was sick, so I was sick. I am not one of those sick people. I I hate being sick, and yet I don't mind it, if that makes sense. Once I'm sick, I surrender. I'm down for the count. <clears throat> I, I rest. I don't try to do other things when I'm sick. And that's the – I mean, I was in London – last summer with my manager and we were pitching TV shows to all these different networks. Did I ever tell you guys that? I think I did. And I sold something to the BBC, but they never made it. So, But I wrote a script. They paid me. How do you do? Great. So we were running around London and she was like, oh, my throat is so sore. I can't swallow. And then she starts coughing. And then, you know, each day the symptoms are getting crazier. And she was just really sick. And I think she had strep throat. And uh, she would just keep I'm like, don't come. You know, she had to go to the pitch meeting. She could barely talk. And she's just bombing around. And, oh, I have this dinner, though. But I have this meeting over here. And I was like, I would have left by now and been like, sorry, I guess my career is not that important because I don't want to get pneumonia and die. So <clears throat> I'm a bit precious. And um, two weeks ago, I try- so I had a cold, I don't know, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I tried to do that thing where I was like, I'm just going to – this is what I always tell myself. Okay. I don't know if any of you have like an inner little kid. Well, we all do. But where you 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 think in your head, I know what being an adult looks like because I am one, but I'm going to let someone who doesn't know what being an adult looks like run the show. So I just thought, you know, I, okay, I, I, let me put it this way. I'll watch something like Devil Wears Prada or I'll watch a documentary about the woman that that's based on, you know, Anna Wintour or something. Or I'll watch, I love the Rachel Zoe Project. I have every episode and I sometimes put it on in the background when I'm writing. For some reason, that's like a big secret. Like that's something that like, if I were dating you, I would be like, oh my God, I hope they don't find out. It's just some weird thing that I do if I'm writing at home. I need noise in the background, but I don't like the the energy of the, the energy of the news, you guys. I just can't have that negative energy. <laughs> I just don't want to hear Donald Trump's voice. And I can't I used to turn the TV off every time he came on, but it it's now it's constant. So you would just have to have the TV off the whole time. So or I'll put on like HGTV, but the Rachel Zoe project, there's something about it I love where I just you look up for a second and they're showing you a runway show from New York, Milan. And I just love the way her offices are decorated. It's just fun to watch it. It feels like I'm working in a workspace and it's all they're all surrounding me. I don't know if anyone else has a weird thing where that's what they do when they're home alone. And I know this was an episode of Sex in the City. I'm not trying to ape it. But what those weird things you do when you're home alone that you really actually find you'd rather almost people see you naked walking in slow motion down the street than to find out what this weird thing is. Like I always say, if I die and I'm on the subway or something, do not look at the songs I was listening to. Like just give me that dignity because it's most likely like, do you ever sing in your own head? You know, when I'm on the subway, if I'm living in New York long enough, I will get to the point where I just sing on the subway. Not loudly, but 
if it's like only a few people at night and I might be under my breath. But usually I'm singing in my head and I don't know how it works, but it really does. They say you can exercise in your head and actually change your muscle tone. I've never tried it. I'd rather just exercise or not exercise, but I don't want to think about it. But with singing, I can sit and sing in my head on the subway and I swear to God it improves my voice. So if I'm on the subway, I'm most likely listening to something like George Michael's One More Try. Like, teacher, there are things that I still have to learn. And eventually, if I'm living there long enough and starting to lose my mind, you will see me on the subway like, teacher, there are things that I don't want to learn. People are like, you know what? Let her have her moment. I don't know where she is in her mind. Um, in my mind, I am always doing a cabaret act and people are blown away. That's all I'm ever doing in my head. So anyway, but I still, even though I tell you guys, it's still very controlled that I told you that. If you really saw, like, because I've picked that song as an acceptable one, but there's just so many other things that I just, like, just, so we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that on the secret I Seem Fun group. And if you want to join it, here's what you do. You go to the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash having fun less pod and right on the pinned thing at the top of the page is the link to join the Facebook closed group nobody else in your life can see anything you write on there just people in the closed group and you just have to answer a couple questions to get in so that I can make sure you're not a bot and uh, or if you go to Twitter at having fun less pod uh, the pinned tweet uh, or the bio will let you click into the group click into it anyway so I got the Rachel Zoe on in the background. So there was this episode where she goes to Paris and she's sick and she's running around. She's like, I'm literally dying. I'm running around all day. My collection is coming out. I have to go to Karl Lagerfeld's show and her, her husband's are there. You know, and she's still getting up at six in the morning and getting the hair and makeup done and she's still fully dressed. And it's like, if I'm sick, I cannot do anything. If I have a cold, I can't shower. I could never put on makeup. I could never function. And so I, and she knows she's running around to events and they're like, Rachel, you're losing your voice. She's like, I'm so sick. But she's just working a full 12 hour day while being sick. That's not a thing I could ever do. And if I did, I would full on get pneumonia. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't just remain, oh, I'm sick and, you know, I'll get better in five days. I mean, because that's the thing. Basically, you can do all the remedies you want to make yourself comfortable or, you think you're helping your immune system, but ultimately it's going to last five to seven days. So I guess the logic is just do your thing anyway. It's going to sit there whether you're resting or not. But <clears throat> for me, I tend to get sicker. So a couple of weeks ago when I was sick, I thought I'm just going to do like what would Anna Wintour like really not still have her perfect hair and her like everything's amazing and she's at work. So I'm just going to you know, I'm just going to keep doing my life. I'm going to, I'm not going to go anywhere or like go out at night, but I will, you know, stay home and I'll write and I'll get dressed and I'll shower and I'll just be in the house. And I couldn't do it for more than a day. And then I was, you know, sleeping on the couch and not showering. And, but I got better in three days and I thought, oh, see, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those, I can be sick and run around people. And then and then I, you know, the the day that I feel good enough, not 100%, I'm back out there. Fuck it. It's going to – and I was wrong. It came back a week later, and it was like, you aren't one of those people. You're a weak, low white blood cell count, little weakling, because um, I often have a low white blood cell count. So this time around, what I did – and by the way, I'm still – I'm not even going to get into it because I don't want any remedies, but I had a specific kind of strep – 
that um, doesn't really clear up that easy without penicillin, and I'm allergic to penicillin, so I had to go on a different kind of drug. And um, I might just have, like, a bacteria problem in my throat that has nothing to do with anything. So that's fun. Anyway, but I cannot stop watching Nazi movies. I can't stop. And I've always been a World War II fan. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys something. Uh, Oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to. No, I'm going to. There's so many movies I haven't seen, and I already know I don't want to see them. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I don't care. I don't like those, like, rapey male 80s comedies. I've seen enough clips. I know all the jokes. It's not going to be new to me. The reason you guys like it is because you saw it when you were younger. It's in your DNA. It, it, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like any John Hughes movies except Pretty in Pink. We've talked about this. Um, so, but I had never seen all of Schindler's List. I think it was too disturbing for me when I first saw it or something, even though I had seen like film strips in school. And you're like, film strips? What's a film strip? Film strips is, hi, oh my God, you guys, it's the fuck the haters girl. What is she doing here? How did she even find me in the studio? Yeah, I was wondering why you weren't at your house anymore. And why you thought you could just record an episode and, like, you weren't there. And I've been, like, sitting there and I'm like, where is she? Okay, well, I I haven't seen you in, in everyone. This is, um, she's a, a young woman. Um, she never tells me her name, but she visits. She calls herself the fuck the haters girl. She's, fuck the haters. I know. She's someone that um I experience online when, you know, I'm saying something political and I'm like, and someone just like, you do you, fuck the haters. And they just say this kind of generic, trite thing that I wasn't even worried about haters. I was just talking about, you know, like maybe people shouldn't vote third party. You know, whatever I'm saying, something I think is important. There's always a fuck the haters girl. Anyway, she's, a, well, I don't even think she, you're not a millennial anymore. You, I don't even, I don't do generations or generalizations. So she's 21, eternally 21. And um, anyway, I just, what I can't believe what is a film strip? First of all, I've never seen I've never seen um, Schindler's List either. It's depressing. I'm like, no, you have to watch movies about history. But it's like not a documentary. No, but it's a true story. I don't know, more into like reality. Like, is there a reality show about it? No, there's not a reality show about the Holocaust. There should be though, right? Okay. Uh, just what What do you want? But I just came in to see what your studio was like. Well, it's not my studio. I'm just part of a, a collective here. Okay, God, I'm not like getting in for... I just wanted to know. Then I heard you say film strips. And I was like, what the hell's a film strap? Like, they have a movie theater at your school? I thought you weren't rich growing up. No, it's not a movie theater. It's a... They, they take... um, I don't even know what you call it. A projector? Okay. I can tell that you don't know what that is. I don't, but okay. Okay, it's like you you thread film through it. Thread? No, it's not like... You thread the film through the the projector, and then the teacher would pull down the screen, and you'd project it, and you'd watch a film strip, and it was usually something educational. So we watched stuff on the Holocaust when I was in fifth grade. Why wouldn't she just, like, pull up a movie or something? We didn't have... We had VCRs, but there, there were... But they couldn't do like, oh, because I guess it would be weird like if the teacher would have to use her Hulu subscription or something. No, Hulu. There was no internet. This was 1985. Okay, God. I didn't, I didn't know. And then Schindler's List, you couldn't have watched it. It wasn't out yet. Okay, God, I'm not like a history buff. 
I'm going to go because this is like weird and I don't know who that other – that's Mackenzie. She's a producer. Well, I don't know her and I'm just like, okay, if you guys want to be against me. We're not against you. I'm going to go. I just – I can't deal and have fun with your projectors. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, you guys. I really didn't think she was going to come back. Who? You know what? Before I uh, before I delight you with how I've discovered that even though I'm not Jewish, I believe I have relatives that survived the Holocaust and didn't. And I went down a rabbit hole of last name searches and I found very interesting things about people in my family. And I don't want to tell you the last name because it's my mother's maiden name and then won't you all break into my bank account. So uh, I'll have to I'll have to think about that for a second. But I would like to tell you about my two favorite sponsors. Oh my God, we are back today. I just booked trips to Oslo, Amsterdam, London, Manchester. Um, I am coming back for shows September 30th through October 5th. I'll be in London at the Soho Theater. That is not announced yet. This is a Having Fun Listeners exclusive. Tickets aren't on sale yet. Then I'll be in Manchester one night, uh, the next night on October 6th. And, uh, and then... I fly to Amsterdam the next day, and I will uh, be doing a show there on Wednesday, October 8th, and then I fly to Oslo, and I'm doing a show there on Saturday, October 12th. I can't believe I remembered all those dates in my head. If you go to my website, jenkirkman.com, right there on the homepage, there is a link. You can click it, join the newsletter. The minute tickets go on sale, you guys get emailed first. And if you buy tickets the day of, great things happen karmically for you and me and everybody. So, um, but I, I was, I'm already packing in my head. I want to try to do a thing where I wear like one, I don't know. I have this whole plan of like, Foldable silk that doesn't wrinkle. I have all kinds of plans, but I just got lipstick on my shirt, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, but I know I'll be taking my away suitcases. It is the greatest. I have always, you know, been kind of a suitcase whore. I've used all different kinds of suitcases. And ever since I started using away, I got rid of all my other suitcases. I told them they had to leave. Away is my number one. And I'm so grateful that they uh, advertised. So... Let's tell you about Away, because I'm going to tell you, you might not travel as much as me, but when you travel, you should want it to be sleek and cool. And I get compliments all the time. Now, maybe you're like, I don't want random people coming up to me at the airport and going, I love your suitcase, but it makes you feel cool and special. And a lot of, somebody asked me once, are you somebody because of my suitcases and how nice they looked? And I said, no. I said, well, I mean, I, we are all somebody. I am, like, imagine asking my Angelou, are you somebody? I am somebody. Like in that sense, yes, I am somebody, but we aren't we all. So here's the deal. Um, for $20 off of a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash fun and use promo code fun at checkout. A-W-A-Y travel.com slash fun. Here is the deal. The approach to their luggage is simple. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you live today. And what I love about it is that they're carry-on suitcases. There's two sizes, small and a little bit larger. They both do fit per government regulations. I have used both of them. And they have chargers in them. You can put two plugs in at a time, two USB ports at a time. 
And you can plug in your phone, your iPad, and you can recharge those suckers over and over before you even have to recharge your suitcase. And, you you know, imagine just bombing around the airport. It's on wheels. You're walking around. Your phone's in your purse. But there's a cord hanging out from your purse to the suitcase because it's charging. You never have to sit at one of those weird stations at the airport again where everyone's fighting over one outlet. And you don't have to worry about being on a flight that doesn't have an outlet because most still don't. And it's very annoying. I mean, maybe even in first class sometimes, uh, depending on which kind of first class it is, you might not even get an outlet there. I'm just saying I was upgraded recently and I was like, what am I just sitting in the front of the plane? You know, one of those kind of first class deals where I'm like, thanks for the upgrade. Um, wish it happened on a better flight. Anyway, that's not a way luggage is problem. Here's the deal. They're two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. Luggage with power. That's how their away carry-on was born. I love my away luggage so much. I have three, uh, a three-piece set. I have one in every size plus the extra carry-on. In sand is the color. I highly recommend that you get yourself a three-piece set. It's going to make you so happy when you start. Listen, it is almost July, and I'm already thinking about Christmas, as are you. And you are already dreading it, as I know you are. So why don't you get yourself some nice luggage now? And then at Christmas, you'll be like, I really don't want to go see my family, but I really want to take these three pieces of gorgeousness out of my closet and parade around at the airport. And if that's the happiest I get at the holidays, then so fucking be it. Jen, can you not swear in our ads? I'm sorry. I'm just an artist. I highly recommend you get yourself a matching three-piece set. They will automatically give you a $100 discount for a carry-on, which is a big discount because these are not overly expensive suitcases. A medium and large suitcase in addition to the $20 off a suitcase that I'm offering you today. So let's do the math. That's basically $120 off of a luggage set. Away uses high-quality materials. You guys, I, I check bags. I'm a bag checker. These things get thrown around. And away just keeps on trucking. And I even one time had a little bit of a uh, problem with one of my suitcases. The inside, like this little clip broke after years. I brought it in and they're like, oh, here's just a new suitcase. They gave me an entirely new suitcase. If you live in Los Angeles or New York, you can go to the away stores there. So anywho, choose from a variety of colors and four sizes. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium or the large for extended stays. Key design features, they are all made with premium German polycarbonate. Unrivaled in strength and impact resistant. And yes, they are very lightweight. The suitcase itself does not add more weight to your overall experience. Spinner wheels to guarantee a smooth ride. Combination locks. Removable washing laundry bags inside. And again, they charge those damn phones. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you. So if you get your suitcase now, you're going to get a 100-day trial. You can live with it, travel with it. If at any point you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund. No questions asks, asked. Free shipping on away in any of the lower 48. And again, please visit them in New York or L.A. if you happen to live in those two exclusive cities. Awaytravel.com slash fun. Use promo 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 code fun at checkout. Awaytravel.com slash fun. Oh, my God. Great. Now, listen. I know I'm mentioning the holidays because it's July. But uh, we we talked about this last year. I'm going to bring it up again. If you were thinking, I'm going to get a summer beach body. Well, it's too late, isn't it? If you didn't do it. I mean, we're in summer right now. Maybe you could get a Labor Day beach body. But why don't you work on your holiday head? How about that? 
You got six months to get your shit together before your family drives you crazy at the holidays, before you get those two weeks off work unpaid, and you, you, damn it, you did it again. You didn't budget correctly. You just need help with life. You just need help. Or, or I don't know, maybe you're, you already know you're going to be single again at the holidays or in the relationship that you don't want, but you just have to get through one more holiday season, whatever it is. The shit show is coming, people. Full steam ahead. Ooh, ooh. That's a train. In December, uh, fuck it, November, everyone's hell begins. From Thanksgiving to Hanukkah to Christmas to Kwanzaa to no holidays to pagan rituals to New Year's. Oh, the shit's coming, and it's not stopping Train has left the station, ETA, fourth week in November. So what are you going to do about it? Why don't you get started now so that you feel so good by the time the holidays come around that people are like, what's your secret? And you're like, my secret is that I use Talkspace, Talkspace.com. It is therapy for how we live today because it's mobile. It's available when you need it, and it's affordable. All you need is a phone or an iPad or something and the Talkspace app. So go to Talkspace.com and you can use the code GEN. That's right. Use code GEN. Uh, but let me just tell you what it is first. We all need someone to talk to, right? A person who can support us through rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs of life. Can't always rely on your friends for that. Sometimes you got to pay a little money. You got to pay an expert to help you. You know, therapy is expensive. Well, Talkspace is a lot cheaper than traditional face-to-face therapy. You don't need to have health insurance. And you don't need to take any time off from work or go over here or drive over there. It's in your pocket. It's mobile, available when you need it, and affordable. Life can be stressful between work, family, everything in between. It's not always easy to find time for yourself. So this makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. You provide your preferences for therapy, and Talkspace will match you with one of their 4,000-plus therapists the very same day. That's unheard of, unheard of outside of that. You know, usually like, I got to call for a referral and I got to do this. Not with Talkspace. Send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from you from anywhere at any time. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Join more than 1 million people who are doing better, feeling happier with Talkspace. It does not have to be stressful. It's convenient, easy to use. You don't have to wait to your next appointment to tell your therapist what's on your mind. Again, unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device. And you can even schedule a live video session for extra support. Again, Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code JEN to get your first week free and to show your support for the show. That's JEN and Talkspace.com. T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E.com. Use code JEN. Fantastic. All right. We're back. We're back. So I can't stop. Okay. If there's a Jewish mom out there who's like, my daughter and son... Or son, they're not thinking about the Holocaust enough. I'm thinking about the Holocaust for them. I am, you can think, I am thinking about it 24-7. So what I was saying before, I was never able to fully watch Schindler's List. I don't know, I was maybe in like a very sensitive panic disorder time in my life when it came out and, and everything was upsetting to me, even though I've always been very interested in World War II. So, you know, I went to the Midway Museum this year, which is the ship in San Diego, and it was, you know, the Battle of Midway and fighting the Japanese and blah, blah, blah. So I watched the movie. It's incredible. I did notice that Noho Hank from Barry sort of talks like the head Nazi in uh, Schindler's List, the guy who 
I think is Goth is his name, and he's the evil one who's just like acting like a sniper and just shooting people at the work camps. And he's the one that deals with Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson a lot. But he's always like, I have a cold. Shut the window. Like he's just kind of that guy. So anyway, they kind of remind me of each other. But I'm watching it, and and I don't know what it is. I think it just inspired. You know, I was talking about. That's why I was so offended by the hot yoga teacher and her Anne Frank quotes last week because I I just can't – like I think I need to keep watching it because I, I like to comprehend the amount of people, six million. I like to sit there and force myself to go, this was technically within the bounds of Germany's constitution because of the Reichstag fire and Hitler completely just shut down the government – took away all these, you know, took away all these things that that kept people from going into complete full power, um, you know, claiming that it needed to happen. Uh, or he came into power four weeks after that fire. But anyway, <clears throat> it was completely within their constitution and he rolled on through and nobody could stop him. And I don't know if you know where I'm headed with this. But I get scared when I see things in our country happening that are technically within the Constitution. Or we go, we're having a constitutional crisis. We don't know how to handle this because the founding fathers didn't leave a blueprint. It's like, make a blueprint then because this shit's getting scary. So, and I don't mean to offend anyone that by comparing America to Nazi Germany, that's not quite what I mean. But I do think it can get scary when we're not paying attention and Cults of personality get in. Now, I always hear that. Oh, people were taken with Hitler's personality. And have you seen the guy? It's like, what is the personality there that people liked? He was just screaming at everyone, just yelling at everyone and seemed like, I can't believe people. If you were like, showed me like, you know, uh, like a George Clooney movie and were like, oh, I, that's Hitler. I totally get it. What charisma. But this guy, that's all he's doing. Like a dog. He wasn't like, hey, everybody, it's me, Hitler. Man, do I have an idea. But you know what? I'm not going to get into it right now because your eyes look fantastic. How y'all doing out there? You know, he takes the mic out and he's just like sauntering around. Or have you seen any videos of like Tom Jones in concert and like women are swooning? Like you can get how that guy gets ahead. But when people tell me, when you look at the cults of personality, even in our own country, the people going crazy for Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders, I'm like, what do you see these guys? The the one is screaming and yelling and pointing and just saying the revolution over and over. And he's got a fucking bandage on his head from the shower door. And then Donald Trump's going, believe me. And he's just disintegrating into frontal lobe dementia. Like, what are the oranges of this like he's trying to say orin- origins and he's saying what are the oranges so these two guys are the the two most popular cults of personality in America and and I, for the love of me I for the love of me for the love of god I will never understand why it's not actually someone with any fucking charisma and charm maybe it's because the type of people that have to buy into them like aren't actually arbiters of charisma and charm. I don't know but let's back to the holocaust so I like to imagine what would I do, and I know what I would do. I would just roll over and die and give up. So that's why I know inherently I'm probably not Jewish. Like, that's a very Catholic thing to do. But but I'm reading the book about the World War II spy, and a lot of times they just walk around with poison in their mouth, like in a pill, in case they have to just kill themselves right away instead of, you know, letting themselves be captured and tortured. And, and I— 
I, I understand that. That's like me. I keep a clonopin in my purse, a dissolvable one, if I ever have like the mother of all panic attacks. And so in a way, I'm like, oh, maybe I am like a resilient spy. But either way, I would hope that I would have been, if I am truly Catholic, I, that I would have been a friend to the Jewish people and I would have hid them. Because I I think I would have, because I just, I I think I would have had the I don't know if it would be like that I'm such a good person or so brave, but I have the arrogance of thinking there's no way the Nazis can figure out where I am. And it is amazing how dumb they were. And, you know, when you get further into Nazism, they're recruiting younger and younger people and less experienced. And so it is a little easier to pull one over on them. I mean, when you think about that, you just have this rug that you put over your floor and then the loose floorboard is under the rug and that's where people are hidden and Nazis come upstairs going... Anyone here? No. Like, I would be, see, this is what scares me, too, because I feel like I'd be a great Nazi because I'd be like, I'm looking fucking everywhere because every night when I come home, even though I live in a condo on the top floor and there's a doorman and technically no one should be able to get into my place and hide, I assume someone's in there. So I check everything and I even check my laundry hamper, which isn't big enough to fit a grown man. But I go, I don't know. I don't know what tricks this guy is up to. He could have cut a hole in the floorboard underneath. Now, how would he cut a hole in a bathroom stone floor? I don't know. But he could be underneath the laundromat and then put the clothes on top of him. And then so I lay in bed and I think I'm suddenly going to see a laundry hamper come out of my bedroom, like on top of a guy's head. And he's going to walk and he's going to go. I was in there the whole time. I I cut a circular hole under it and I've been hiding. So. It, I'm conflicted, of, you know, I'm conflicted about how good I, but maybe I would be like my skills of being in quotes, a good Nazi would be that I would be a good spy and I would know how to find things and get information. I, I would like to think I would be more on that side. So I watched this great movie and I'm not done with it yet. Don't tell me how it ends, but it was called um, The King's Choice. And it was about when the uh, Norway decided we're not going to be part of Sweden uh, we're going to be a monarchy, but the parliament's going to make all the decisions. The king and queen are just going to be sort of a, you know, just for decoration. We don't make decisions. And so it was about that. And it was about Oslo, Norway, which I'll be going to ooh, ooh, October 12th at this venue called Chat Noir. Now, what's so interesting about it is that I says to myself, I says, I don't have any fans in Oslo. I've never heard one peep from you people. Not that you should be shamed, but why would you know me? I understand you might have seen me on Netflix. I did perform in Lund, Sweden years ago at this festival, and it was just that everyone there is so damn nice. They all go see shows at the festival, and they're like, here's an American. I was the only American in it, and they went to check me out, and they enjoyed it, and we all had a nice time, but most people didn't know who I was. So I thought, oh, well, I don't know if it's that way in Oslo. So I'd seen that my friend Bert Kreischer had just performed there, so... I uh, contacted him and I was like, tell me about Oslo. And he was like, it's some fans of mine and some people are just there to see English speaking comedy. And it was like, great and blah, blah. And I was like, you convinced me. So you guys can thank Bert, if you know him, uh, for convincing me. And if you're like, that's an unlikely friendship, it sure is. And I love him. So anyway, I uh, he's a good he's a good fucking dude, guys. So anyway, what was I saying? Oh, so I said yes to the gig and uh and I'm going to do it. But then ever since I've announced it, all these people, well, all, like five people, but on the internet have been like, oh, my God, you're finally coming here. I'm like, I didn't even know you were there. I didn't even know you were out there. And a lot of people have been like, 
oh my God. It's like, let me just explain something. I get my flight paid by London and then they give me like a guarantee. Like you'll make this much money and then you'll make this much more depending on how many people come. So every place I'm getting paid, no matter if you guys show up or not, it's just always the same deal I get in America. This much, if no one shows, that's your guarantee so that like you're not completely fucked and then you get more money, you know, if you sell out or something like that. So people were like, oh my God, I can... You can stay with me if you don't have any money. I'm like, I would never travel to another country going, I'll stay with a stranger's house. Like, I live for hotels. It's, it's, this is a, whenever I go to Europe, it's my break even tour. It's like everything's going to pay for all the travel. And I don't care if I come home. It's, it's my two week vacation that I work through, you know, because I'm an entertainer. Anyway, my point is, uh, I was getting all excited about going to Oslo because it just looks so beautiful. And I'm only going to have a very short time there, but. I was getting really excited. And I loved the movie. So the the Nazis start rolling in and they, they bring him this proposition. And, uh, you know, Hitler's basically wants the resources. But the German army says, hey, look, um, we think the British are going to invade you. So we're going to, like, protect you guys from the British if you just quick sign this thing. Thank you. And the king is like, oh, wait a minute. Hey, I'm not supposed to make decisions. Or no, the parliament's like, I don't know about this. And then they get the king out of town. And it's like, Germany has already started shooting at them. It's like a lot is happening. And I guess by the title of the movie, it is telling me that he, uh, even though he's just there as a decoration for the country, he's going to have to make a decision. Uh, I assume the decision was to enter the war. I, we all know how it ends. But uh, it was really... It's really fun to watch. It's really cool. But I was uh, watching a movie with subtitles and couldn't stay off Twitter. <laughs> so that was hard. Um, I couldn't just zone out. I was like, I have no idea what just happened because this is all in whatever language. And uh, ugh, Norway is one of those countries where the money doesn't make any sense. I'm like looking at hotels and I'm like, 5780 Oh, not dollars. Kur, kun, kuns, kuns, whatever the hell it is. It's like a, a $150 hotel room in U.S. dollars is like 5788 klunkenstunkens. And I'm like, oh, why is it? Just be normal. Just be like a euro where it's like 13 cents off. You know what I mean? Like it'd get too confusing. How am I going to, I'm not going to sell merch there. I'm not going to bring my download cards. That's 4781 konjajanjas. You know, like, just forget it. Like, I still can't comprehend that you all don't have a wad of, like, American 20s in your homes. <laughs> That's like when I was little and I couldn't comprehend other languages. I thought people are speaking other languages, but they're thinking of the words in English in their head. Like, I couldn't comprehend that people just didn't know English. I was like, what? Like, but when they're speaking French, they're secretly like, this means apple. And I'm, and I had to have a teacher go, Jennifer, don't be so provincial. And she was so angry at me. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm eight. I'm from a suburb. I don't know. Anyway, so I watched that. And then I started looking up. Can I get your opinion on this, Mackenzie? Should I say my mother's maiden name? Do you think that's like a security risk? I kind of feel like it's not, but I'm not careful enough. Okay, good. She's not careful. She said what I wanted to hear. <laughs> my mother's maiden name is Metzner. But guess what? I'm not going to use that on any of my security questions. So fuck you people. And those of you who know my first pet's name, don't you think you're going to steal my bank account with code mittens? I have all kinds of different questions in there. Anyway, Metzner, M-E-T-Z-N-E-R. Freddie Metzner was my German grandfather. 
my Nana Jeanette, who was married to him. I never met Freddie. Jeanette was French-Canadian. Jeanette Godemouche. And she used to say to me, I hate Germans. And you know what, Jen? You are German. And I made you, you know, I made your mom and then your mom made you. And I am passing down little Germans all throughout. And she I hate them. Now, I looked up Metzner. We lost a few Metzners in uh, concentration camps. A few Metzners survived. And I was like, we're totally Jewish. How am I not? How am I not Jewish? How am I not German Jewish? And then I read about a bad guy whose name was Metzner and he was not Jewish. And I was like, no, I don't want to be related to the bad guy. Look, I know in my heart, I know in my heart, and it pains me. And maybe this is why I have to feel like a living amends. But I am, I'm an honorary Jewish person. I have been told this by many. I literally don't like anyone who isn't Jewish. It's like a strange thing for me. <laughs> and I, I feel maybe that's like I thought because I'm Jewish that that's, I feel this way. But I'm worried that I'm related to the bad guy Metzner. But then there's a guy named Metzner who just died a few months ago. And he lived in Northern California. And he wrote all about psychedelics, and he was hanging out with Timothy Leary and all those guys, and he had all these interesting theories about psychedelics in the brain. So I was like, maybe I'm related to that kind of fun guy. He's neither here nor there. So I emailed my mom, and these are the emails that my parents get from me. And this is why I wonder, it might be cool to have kids only so that you can skip to when they're 45 and be like, what person, like, when I hang out with my parents, I'm like, what earth am I hanging out with these two 81-year-olds? Like... We do kind of have a lot in common, and you heard the interview with my mom. But I always just go, isn't this weird that we know each other? Like, you made me. Do you ever just look at me and go, what the fuck is this? Who is this person? She's so weird. And so I sent my parents an email, and they honestly must think that my life is is so sad, but... I mean, I did try to fill my mom in on my life a little while ago. I was like, don't worry, I'm having some fun. She was like, oh, I've been worried. I mean, what have you been doing? So anyway, um, hi, parents, just saying hi, sick, strep, bronchial, whatever. I'm on antibiotics. Um, I'm going back to London and Manchester. So my dad's side, Kirkman, they're from Manchester. They made clothing, and then they moved to Lowell, Massachusetts. So I am of Manchester stock, everybody. You are prodigal daughter is coming home. I don't know if I'm the prodigal daughter, but your American daughter is coming home. Um, I'll be in Amsterdam. I'm going to Norway. Oh, by the way, when I was little, there was this ride at Epcot Center about Norway, and I was obsessed with it. It was like this Viking ride and all these trolls would come out. I had no idea that later something called trolls would take down American democracies. We know it on Twitter. But at the time, there were these cute little things, and I was just obsessed with the Norway ride. And I was like, someday I'm going to go there. And now, if you had said to me when I was eight, Okay, so you're totally going to go to this country in 40 years, almost 40 years. Oh, wow, why'd I have to wait that long? Uh, you'll see. Life gets busy. You don't really think of Norway that much. Well, what's the job I have? Uh, it's a job. You don't have to go there for it, but you have a job where you could go earn money there for a night. What job is that? I would be like, what are you talking about, job? That, well, you tell jokes. What? Don't you just do that on the TV? No, sometimes you go to Norway and do it. Well, that's fucking crazy. Like, I would have just been intrigued. Tell me more, I would have said. Um, I've been watching, this is my email to my parents, I've been watching a lot of World War II movies, maybe because it was D-Day, but I watched one about when the Nazis invaded Norway. Then I just started Googling, and Metzner is listed as a Jewish name in Germany in so many places. 
Um, Metz has something to do with grain, and it is listed officially as a Jewish name. Many Holocaust survivors are named Metzner, so I'm just saying I think we're Jewish on your side, Mom. So then she writes back, um, sorry you're sick. Take good care. I always suspected that about the Metzner name, although my father's parents were Lutheran. Sounds like exciting travelers. I'm just relaxing in the finely warm air. But she doesn't go, do you have a life? Like, what is, why are you Googling the Holocaust survivor's name Metzner? Like, she doesn't go, oh, what's happened? Did I raise you right? Why don't you, you know, are you sure you're having fun? Um, You know, you told me you went dancing with a, with a, with a guy two weeks ago. Like, is that, what, what happened with that? Why are you sick? Like, did that make you sick? Did fun make you sick? And now you're home for 10 days watching Nazi movies. And then that truly is like my joy. Um, okay. Mom. Mom, when I'm sick, I do weird things. Anyway, it says Metzner is a Jewish name and it has to do with Metz, the grain. A lot of people in the Holocaust murdered named Metzner. Some survivors named Metzner. And I didn't find many examples of non-Jewish Metzners, except there was one very bad Nazi. So I hope we aren't related to him. Uh, then I saw some guy with the last name Metzner just died in San Francisco. He was a famous writer from the 60s who wrote about psychedelics and did a lot of stuff with Timothy Leary. Our name is so diverse. Anyway, love you, miss you, Jen. I mean, imagine getting these emails at, you know, midnight, if she's even checking your email, but seeing that I sent it at midnight and going, God, that girl is a strange girl. (laughs) Anyway, it must be kind of fun to have kids in that sense. So that's what I was doing. Um, I highly recommend that movie and uh, The King's Choice. But then I started watching. Oh, my God, I'm not even going to get to everything I was doing. Um, I'm going to give myself 10 more minutes on this one, and we're going to record another one. You guys don't need to know. So then I started watching. uh, Okay, do you ever do something like this? I'm leaving my house today, and I just got this cute little, like, macrame purse. It was actually, I didn't have to buy it. It was given to me. And it fits, like, a large wallet and an iPhone, And some, like, pens and, you know, maybe some lipstick and keys and little mini headphones and some, you know, eyeglasses. But it doesn't fit. I I carry around this pouch in my purse. It's a clear pouch. And it has things in it like a few aspirins, a nail file, floss, shout wipes, tissues, um, hair ties, mints. um, I don't know, a bunch of stuff mouth bomb mouth bomb this is this is early senility by the way mouth bomb I couldn't think of the word for chapstick and I'm not even trying to say chapstick either I'm trying to say lip balm is what I'm trying to say okay so I look at the pouch today and I go it doesn't fit in the macrame bag I really want to use this bag what if I was not a pouch person for today and I went Jen but come on you might need it and I said to myself what am I going to need a shout wipe and then I went, well, just take the shout wipe out and put it in the bag. No, well, then I'm, no. I I have never needed it. I am not a pouch person. I This is too high maintenance. I travel with too many things. I always have to have a thing for every occasion. Like, I can't believe I don't travel with, like, a loaf of bread in my purse. Like, you never know. And I do used to have, like, little crackers in there because sometimes I would forget to eat before I left the house and I'd take vitamins and I threw up once. That's the worst. Um Although if you ever want to get out of anything, take vitamins on an empty stomach and arrive at said thing and just start 
fucking dry heaving like a maniac. And you'll be like, I don't know, I must have food poisoning. I must have the flu. It just came on. And you'll actually puke. <laughs> and then you'll have toast and you'll feel 100%. And then you're at the beach. Okay. So that's a life hack from me of how to call in sick and really fucking do it right. You show up sick, puke in front of everyone. You just puke a little bile and then you'll go get the toast on the way home. So put the top down, eat the toast as you drive to the beach. Put the top of your car down. Don't take your top off. And if you don't have a top of your car, just pretend you... Anyway, so I'm driving to the podcast studio. I'm like actually wearing clothes and like some makeup. It's not just like sweatpants. And uh, I look down and uh, I don't even know how it happened because I'd already put my lipstick on and put the lipstick in my purse, but I just have a smear of lipstick on my shirt. And I'm like, great. The one day I need the shout wipe, I don't have the pouch. I am a pouch person. I'm not a non-pouch person. I'm not some freewheeling hippie that can fucking walk around without like a pharmacy in her bag. So I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to deny that I am someone who is high maintenance and needs 50 things. And I think I'm actually going to take a picture of this pouch and list for you on the I Seem Fun group all the things that I carry in my purse and list it. Okay. So as I'm sitting there on the couch... Oh, you know what? I might talk about this in the next episode because I think that goes well with it. Bill Maher. I'll talk about that. So after all the Nazi movies, I'm like, okay, I need to like fall asleep to something. And I don't think I want to fall asleep to stuff about Hitler. So I started watching uh, The Wedding Date, which Deborah Messing, Dermot Mulroney, which I thought he was British. But in this movie, everyone's British because she's going to a wedding in London. And he's American. Although I think it would be weird if he's actually British and they made him act American. Oh, no, he's American. Okay. So. Oh, wow. He's 55 now. And the movie was from 14 years ago. So he was only 40 then. He looked 48. No, just saying. Not that that's bad. Anywho. So I watched the movie. It's basically a reverse pretty woman. This this woman, Deborah Messing plays, has to go to her half-sister's wedding in London. And they keep saying throughout the movie, it's my half-sister. I don't know why that's important or not. And she pays $6,000. She calls this escort. I guess they'd done an article about this escort, which I don't know why you would be allowed to do an article about that because I thought being an escort was illegal, but whatever. And it's one of these things we're supposed to believe, like he never really has sex. That costs extra he just is a date for ladies. Although I could see ladies doing that more than I could men. Um, being like, I really don't want to sex with you, but I really need a date for something. Like, I just, I don't know, it's weird. I don't want to pay for sex and, ugh, you know. Um, so she, she t- pays six grand, takes it out of her 401k. It's weird that, like, you have a 401k, but you don't have an, a savings account that has six grand in it. Like, you would think it would just start with a savings, and then once you had a lot of savings, like, then get a 401 What I don't know. I don't know her finances. But so she takes out of her 401k, and she – because she's so young in the movie, like, you shouldn't really borrow against your 401k unless you really need to. And I think there's a lot of penalties when you're young. So it's better, I think, to just put have a savings account of at least 10 grand – if you're going if you're going to have 10 grand, don't just automatically put it in a 401k. Like if you've saved that much, put that in your savings. Then after that, slowly put some things in your 401k. But I feel like if she had more than six grand in her 401k at her age, like 
you should have some savings. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird financial thing that I couldn't get past. So takes out of her 401k, hires this guy. She calls him on the phone and says, I need a date for a wedding. My ex is going to be there. And, you know, I want to make him jealous. And I want my family to think I'm in love because they'll feel bad for me. I'm going to be the only single person there. blah 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 So he comes with her. We find out during the movie he doesn't do weddings normally. I mean, he's there. He's going to London for a weekend. So then I'm like, I'm all I am, guys, because I travel. I'm obsessed with the financials. So the six grand, does he have to pay his own way for everything? Because now he's just breaking even. Like you have to pay his travel too, right? So really you're probably paying like 10 grand when it comes down to it. I mean, did he have to fly coach to London? Like, or maybe, oh, you know what? Maybe her flight was paid for by her family and they paid the plus one. I don't know. I This is the kind of stuff that if I were writing the script, I would get fucking bogged down in it. And you bet I would have a scene where someone is explaining the financials going, okay, well, now travel is involved. And people be like, we don't need this scene. Like, we got to keep the story moving. I'm like, someone watching will be like... Who paid for the flight? And did they fly coach to London? Because that's a lot to ask of, of an escort. So they get there and they're staying in the, the same bedroom, in the same bed, because the mother no longer cares, you know, about that kind of thing. She's loosened up. And he's being very, like, flirty. Like, he's undressing in front of her and she's like, ooh, 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 ooh. I would just be so weirded out. I'd be like... I. Like, at the dinner when he's being all charming and like, and what do you do for a living? And, oh, hi, this is my date. And just, you know, like caressing her neck and just being like the perfect date. I'd be like, this is fucking awesome. But then once it got down to reality and I'm back in the bedroom with them, I'd be like, ugh, this is so disgusting. I just paid this guy. I don't know him. What if he's a freak? Like, what, he's going to murder me? But everything was just, oh, just lovely. Like, oh, we're just, you know, chatting and blah, blah, blah. So... It turns out that he's falling in love with her, as you do when you've known someone for a weekend and they're paying you, you fall in love. He's falling in love. And there's this awkward moment where he says to her dad, I'd like permission to date your daughter. And he's like, I thought you already were. And he's like, yes, I am. And it was just weird. And she doesn't even know he wants to date her. And I think she's falling for him, too. And then they have sex. She she comes home from, from this party. They're drunk. And she has sex with him in the boathouse. But it's not... She's, I mean, I suppose she's in a blackout is what we're supposed to believe, even though it's very, it's not, it's like she went into the room, she took him to the, there's a lot of maneuvers that I'm like, this is not a blackout situation. I mean, trust me, I've definitely lost my memory here and there, but not like this was extended blackout. And so then, you know, she looks, if you're blacked out like that, you're not just like up and about the next day, like, hey, what's up? And then the, the next morning, she's just like, hi. And she's like, what happened last night? And he goes, nothing, because he doesn't want to charge her extra. And he then notices when she's in the shower, he notices her wallet is full of uh, euros, like, you know, bills, like $1,000 worth. She'd gone to the ATM before the sex because she knew she was going to have sex with him and she was going to have to pay extra. And I, he was offended. I don't know why. That's his job. And then he says to her, by the way, if we had done something last night, you're $30 short or $300 short. And she's like, What? what are you talking about? He's like, I saw your wallet. There's all this money in it. She's like, well, yeah, I was thinking I was gonna, but whatever. And I'm like, why isn't he telling her that they had sex? She has a right to know what she did. It was so weird. And I'm like, am I supposed to think this is like a happy-go-lucky movie? It was like more fucked up than Pretty Woman, but I couldn't stop watching it. Then at the wedding, we find out that her half-sister had had sex with her ex and that's, you know, is a whole thing. And Dermot Mulroney gets upset and he leaves the wedding because there was a misunderstanding about something. And, uh, you know, he gives all the money back and he's like I'm leaving 
And then he comes back and then uh, they kiss and they're in love. So he doesn't take money for that weekend. So then the movie ends with them being in love and kissing and whatever. It's been like five days. And it says he quits the business. So this is what I can't wrap my fucking head around. Let's say I'm dating an escort. I got automatically, it's not that I'm judging your job, but it's one thing to ask me to go, do you judge that guy who's a male escort? No. Okay, but he's your boyfriend now and you met him because you hired him. How do you respect him now? I thought that I don't respect him or I'm judging. It just feels weird. I don't know. I think it's like, I think I'd rather date someone who's like a normal job or like, I don't know. I think it's weird. I feel weird. So then he quits the business. Well, what does he do then for work? He just like get, he's 40 and he quits being an escort. I don't know. I would just, I, I would be weird about it. And, and I would, you can't fall in love in five days. So you, you can't go, oh, but they're in love. Well, not really. So I don't know. And I would, when's he going to tell her, oh, we actually did have sex? Or is the first time they have sex, he's going to just act like he hasn't been there before? I don't know. The whole thing was very strange to me. But um, it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like if Hallmark got super fucked up. I I think you kind of have to watch it. Um, but uh yeah, I, I, I've been like, I've been going down a rabbit hole. I've been reading articles about it. Like, what did the critics say at the time? I've been like reading message boards where people are like, wait, did they have sex in the boathouse or didn't they? There's just a lot of discussion. You can find a community for anything, you guys. So when you're sick on the couch, if you want to get into Nazis, if you want to get into the wedding date, you really can do it all. And that, and that's why we live in a great, a great world. Um, so I will end you. I will end you. I will end you. I will end with this. Uh, and then I'm going to, at the end of this episode, list out my tour dates. Oh, no, I already did that at the beginning. Well, we're going to just, yeah, just, just hold. Why am I, everyone calm down. So this kid, I don't know his name, Brian. I don't know. Who, people are guessing my email address, my real life email address, and pissing me off. It must be listed somewhere. I don't like it. I feel very intimate about email addresses, like it's a phone number. And it really isn't. It's not a big deal if someone knows your email address. But I'm like, can they see me? Are they in the yard? So this guy sends me an email, unsolicited. I didn't write back because he seems like he might be. And anyone who does this is not very self-aware, is not very aware, is not very just with it. And I didn't want to hurt him or make him angry. And so I just ignored it. But I will bring it up on the podcast where I air my grievances. So this guy named Brian, the subject is thanks. Okay. Hi, Jen. I'm a comedy writer who's written for stand-ups in New York City. I wrote these opener jokes for you to consider. Now, I've been doing this 22 years. If you, There's a wealth of material of mine that you can enjoy. I don't start any bit with, I know, I look like this. That's like the hack way to start your thing. And actually, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes I'll wear a ridiculous outfit that I don't realize is ridiculous until I'm on stage. And I'm like, this feels weird. And I might call it out. But I didn't like do it on purpose. Anyway, so imagine you're a 44-year-old woman. And you have your good days and your bad. And there's some days you look in the mirror and you go, who's face is this? What happened to me? I used to be a kid and now I'm just this like wrinkles and I'm tired and I'm gaunt and like who am I? And my hair's not the right length and oh maybe it's too dark. You're just not feeling good about yourself. And then you open this email and someone just says jokes based these are jokes based on my looks. And he's not insulting my looks per se. He's saying 
As a fellow comedy writer, these are the things you must obviously know about yourself, and we're going to point them out to the crowds, and you should start your act with this. I know. I look like if Joan Jett was broke. Was broke? How about if she was 20 years younger? That, I mean, it's not as funny, but Joan Jett looks like if Joan Jett was broke. She's a fucking punk rocker. But what make, why do I look broke? Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I was pissed, pissed. Then goes, I know, I look like a Jewish camp counselor. Well, you know, he's picking up on the Metzner. Maybe I'm Jewish. But what does a Jewish camp counselor look like? I don't know. It doesn't sound like a look that's like the hottest look on the runway this season. It sounds like maybe someone who's a little dowdy. I mean, I don't know. And I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. Okay. And then it's a little anti-Semitic if between you and me, right? Where are my Jews at? We don't like anti-Semitism. I know, I look like your cousin's bar mitzvah canter. What? I've been to bar mitzvahs. I know canters. Not the deli, but like a canter. They're all like big, big fat men with beards. Like, what are you talking about? I look like a bar mitzvah canter. Like, what's this Jewish thing he's doing with me? What is this, uh, like, literally just sending me anti-Semitic jokes about what I look like? And then I look like Slater Kinney's guitar tech. I do? Why don't I look like someone from the band? Like, you are a disaster. This is the most offensive thing I have ever been sent in my life. You basically sent a middle-aged woman a list of insults about her appearance. Goodbye. Anyway, so you please send me a, I'll be writing you a check for those jokes. Um, lastly, what we do on this podcast, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, it's called Not Sexual Harassment, but Things Men Would Only Say to women they would not say to other straight men and this on if you check my itunes reviews please go to itunes write a review a really sincere one and give it five stars it really actually helps i didn't used to realize that but now i do oh please help me that men get upset and go this is a male bashing podcast which it's not but um it every man fights me on this like no i've had men say things like this to me i'm like you haven't because it's inherently flirtatious sexual or it's that bizarre concept that men think we owe uh, them our time and attention and it would seem in quotes gay to do this to another straight man and that straight man will punch you in the face so don't tell me no this happens to me all the time it doesn't anyway this woman kate wrote me and she says hi jen not sure if you're still looking for things men say to women that they wouldn't say to other men but if you are i'm standing at the grocery store in an unusually long line and a man gets in line behind me. My back is to him. I'm in the middle of composing a text message and he triumphantly says to me, there, now you aren't the last in line. I barely turn my head and say, okay. He continues on speaking to the back of my head. This store used to have a saying, you're next in line. I say nothing. He continues, you're probably too young for that though. Again, I say nothing. He says, well, sorry for bothering you. Rude. There's no fucking way a man would ever say to another man you're rude are you kidding me there's a bloodbath in the streets they're punching each other two seconds later it wouldn't happen or it'd be like oh you're probably too young for that that's like a weird gross flirty thing that no guy would say to another guy because he'd be afraid that the other guy would be like i'm gonna suck your dick and he'd be like no i'm not gay i'm just homophobic Okay, well, that's a great way to end an episode. I really just brought it home from the Holocaust to men in grocery stores. What don't we talk about here on Having Funlessness? What we don't talk about enough is that if you join my newsletter, you're going to get information this very week about my Texas dates. I had to move them around a little bit because Mark Marin is going to be in Texas in the same cities the same nights as me. So we had to shuffle that all around. God bless him. I'm glad it wasn't some girl I'm jealous of. It's horrible to say. But we love Mark and I can wish him continued success. He is a hero to me. So 
I moved my dates so that I don't have to compete with him, not the other way around, of course. So join that newsletter, jenkirkman.com. Click the link. It's right there. And you're going to get information about the Texas dates. We still have Richmond, Virginia, and Durham, North Carolina coming up possibly in December. And I also have not yet on sale is all of these London, Oslo, Amsterdam, Manchester dates. That's probably going to happen next week. Join the newsletter. You're going to get sent an email. And as well, um, Toronto this Friday, the 14th, individual tickets go on sale. I am doing a Having Funlessness episode on September 22nd, which is a I don't know what day it is. Don't yell at me. You can figure it out. September 22nd at 3.30 p.m. Venue is to be announced. And uh, the 22nd is a Sunday. So there you go. And again, go to iTunes, leave a review. If you need to send me an email, you can do so. But I don't have the address. Just send it to iseemfun at gmail.com. That one still works. And please stop writing me emails and telling me you don't like the name change. It spins me out. Until next week, have fun. <laughs>